In a world where uncertainty reigns supreme, where shadows of chaos dance at every turn, one truth emerges unyielding. Preparation is not a luxury, but a lifeline. Behold the Wellness Company, a beacon of readiness amidst the tempestuous seas of fate. Envision a sanctuary of tranquility, where the tumult of unforeseen medical crises finds no purchase. The Wellness Company's Medical Emergency Kit stands as a bastion of assurance, a fortress of resilience against the unseen foes of health. Within its sacred confines lie the tools of salvation. Ivermectin, to ward off the insidious whispers of disease. Emergency antibiotics, to quell the raging storms of infection. Antivirals, to vanquish the relentless tides of contagion and more. The Wellness Company Medical Emergency Kit is not merely a collection of supplies, it is the embodiment of preparedness itself. Crafted by the hands of esteemed healers led by luminaries such as Dr. Peter McCullough, Dr. James Thorpe, Dr. Harvey Risch, and Dr. Drew Pinsky, this kit stands as the pinnacle of safety, the zenith of prevention. These truth-seeking doctors have forged a testament to vigilance, a testament to the unwavering pursuit of well-being. Embrace the certainty that comes from being armed against adversity. Embrace the Wellness Company, for in its embrace lies the promise of resilience, the promise of a brighter tomorrow amidst the chaos of today. Don't wait for the next crisis to strike. Visit twc.health forward slash strange planet and use promo code strange planet for an exclusive 10% discount. Prepare today and rest easy tomorrow. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. We all enjoy a little mystery. Every other week, one strange thing presents forgotten stories from America's newspaper archives. They all have something in common, a single element that can't quite be explained. Join us on One Strange Thing, and you'll hear about a man who was literally stricken with genius. A 21st century child who remembered piloting a World War II bomber a mysterious, unidentifiable blob in Texas. And then there was the lizard man stalking through small-town South Carolina. From cryptids and disappearances to modern-day miracles, one strange thing brings you stories that are very real and just a little otherworldly. Subscribe now, wherever you listen. Conspiracy Unlimited with Richard Serrett. On this episode, In Search of the Historical King David and King Solomon leads to some stunning findings. When we go to our roots, we find the whole thing clear. We find that we are all brothers, we are all together. We have the same family, we are the same people. This podcast is brought to you by my good friends at Paranormal Contractors. Maybe you have a problem and you don't feel comfortable discussing it with friends or coworkers. There's something going on in your home or business and you can't explain it. Maybe it's, dare I say, something paranormal, something even demonic. This is no time to be dealing with amateur ghost hunters. You need to bring in the professionals. Paranormal Contractors is a division of crime and trauma scene cleaners. They use the latest technology to investigate, authenticate, and remediate your ghost or demon problem. Call 1-866-724-0800, 1-866-724-0800, or email them at paranormalcontractors at gmail.com. Tell them Richard sent you. Check out their YouTube channel, Paranormal Contractors, for things that go bump in the night. Conspiracy Unlimited with Richard Serres. Pursuing the truth wherever it leads. Exposing evil and corruption and the secret machinations of powerful elites. Revealing the high strangeness beneath the surface of our supposed reality. 
Coming to you from his studio beneath the stairs, here's Richard Serrett. Hey, welcome to your Wednesday. Author Ahmed Osman is standing by on the line from England to discuss the origins of King David and King Solomon and the roots of ancient Israel. And I think you're going to find this a fascinating discussion. You know, Israel is a place I've always wanted to visit. It's high on my list. I'd like nothing more than to take the family and retrace Jesus' steps through the Holy Land and to be able to bring all of those wonderful Bible stories to life. And what's amazing is that so many stories and characters in the Bible are once thought by skeptics to be pieces of fiction were later proven to be historically accurate after some archaeological discovery. It happens time and time again. One character from the Bible, however, whose origin remains a mystery is King David. Skeptics continue to insist he was not a real person. But Ahmed Osman believes he's found proof that he was real and turns out we were just looking in the wrong time and the wrong place. Ahmed has discovered an intriguing backdoor into biblical history and asks a compelling question. Did the authors of the Old Testament attribute the military victories of an Egyptian pharaoh to David, the famous slayer of Goliath? Ahmed Osman has been trying to discover the historical origin of the stories of the Bible for the last 30 years. He's the author of several books, including Christianity, an ancient Egyptian religion, Moses and Achmenaten, and The Lost City of Exodus. His latest is The Egyptian Origins of King David and the Temple of Solomon. Ahmed Osman, welcome to Conspiracy Unlimited. How are you? I'm all right. Thank you for inviting me. My pleasure. First of all, let's talk about a King David. For those not familiar with this poet-shepherd king in the, uh, the Old Testament, just tell us a little bit about who he was supposed to be. Uh, he, he was a, an ordinary young shepherd who liked music and so on. And the king uh, invited him to help him to, I mean, uh, to play music and so on. And then eventually there was a conflict between a Palestinian or Philistine uh, laws and uh, the Israelites. And a, a giant came to challenge the Israelites. Nobody was able to face him. Then this young man, David, challenged him and was able to beat him. And he became, in a day, he became a hero. So much so that even the king uh, was jealous of his popularity among the Israelites at the time. So eventually, uh, although he came from an ordinary background, we know that he became a, a mighty warrior who established a great empire uh, extending from the river of Raid in northern Syria to the borders of Egypt, a big, large empire. And uh, he, when he died, this empire was uh, inherited by Solomon, who uh, the king of peace who didn't have to fight uh, for the empire, and his time was uh, the best time. Uh, I mean, he had a, a lot of wives and women and, and, and treasure and so on. Right, and of course, so, King, King David is also uh, attributed to uh, uniting the, uh, the, the two kingdoms, Judah and the northern kingdom of Israel, into one united kingdom. But the interesting thing, as you point out, about King David is there is this duality uh, to him, um, almost the same as the, uh, you know, the comparing the God of the Old and the New Testament. You have the, the, the wrathful, seemingly vengeful God of the Old Testament, and then you have this loving, merciful God of the New Testament. With David, you have this poet, um, musician, uh, who is very much in, in, in tune with God, who spoke with God. Uh, and then you have this jealous, somewhat conniving David. It's kind of an interesting uh, paradox. Yeah, I mean, uh, obviously, the story was written uh, uh, about six centuries B.C. by the, uh, uh, the, the, the 
priests uh, in, in Babylon, in, in Iraq, you see. Uh, we don't have a contemporary uh, information at the time. They related him, they placed him at the time of the 10th century BC. And they were, I mean, they, they had a, a conflict between the, uh, the, the information they got from oral traditions and from whatever written uh, documents they had at the time. So they had, uh, they composed a, a, a very complicated character, really, it's not realistic. Uh, I mean, a young boy who defeated a giant, uh, a musician who make, became an emperor, uh, and, and and so it it, it, it is not a, re, a realistic historical kind of a character. It was established later on, uh, obviously relying on some historical uh, 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 transmission of, of news. But uh, this is this is the way they they I mean made the, made up the character. Well, there are skeptics who say. Uh, there is no archaeological evidence for a uh, King David or a King Solomon or a Solomon's Temple, for that matter. Uh, but you have another another solution, I suppose, that there was a King David, but, well, I'll let you tell the story. Yeah, the thing is, you see, as you said, modern archaeologists uh, went to dig at the time of the 10th century B.C., for the uh, empire established by David. The Bible, I mean, Samuel and, and Kings mention specific locations, cities he destroyed and captured and, and built some royal palace. Uh, and so he had some established some uh, points that archaeologists were trying to dig and, and try to find uh, evidence of it. He established, uh, uh, built a house in, in Jerusalem, and he destroyed some cities, establishing this empire. So when he they went to dig at the level, uh, strata of the 10th century BC, in the very same location uh, mentioned by the Bible, they found no evidence whatsoever, no evidence of destruction, no evidence of a palace uh, is, uh, built or, uh, or anything else. Uh, so, however, uh, they found exactly uh, uh, all the evidence to confirm the biblical account only five centuries earlier, in the, during the 15th century BC. So this is the, the first, I mean, I did not uh, follow up the chronology of the Bible, I rather took the story and trying to find it, uh, I, I mean, where did it happen? When, when did these things took place, you see? So I found that all the, exactly the same uh, story of the Bible, of the, David, I found it in history, but only 15 centuries earlier, and 15 centuries BC. For instance, I mean, the Bible says that David went to regain the uh, uh, empire he lost. And we know that he was a shepherd and he had no empire that he lost. But there is another king, really, who lived on the 15th century BC, who lost the empire and went out to establish it. And it was this uh, 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 empire, exactly mentioned in the Bible, that he achieved. But he was not... Uh, 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 come from Judea, he came from Egypt. His name is Thutmose III. The only empire established in the Middle East, the first ever empire between the Nile, uh, uh, River Nile and the Euphrates was established by Thutmose III, Pharaoh of Egypt. So in other words, in, in other words, Ahmed, what you're saying is there was a basis for a King David, but in the in the Bible, it's it's the chronology is all jumbled up, and in fact that that David King David is really a composite character, drawn not only from this pharaoh from I believe the 18th dynasty, uh, but also from another character. Correct. Correct, and the reason they tried to hide 
the original, I mean, Tutmos is the third. The first part of his name is Tutmos. Uh, this in hieroglyphic is, is represented by the ibis bird, which represents uh, uh, Tut. I mean, in Egyptian, uh, the T, Egyptian T becomes a, a D in Hebrew. So his first name is Dud in, in Hebrew. And Dud is a biblical uh, Hebrew name for David. So he, the name is correct. But the thing is, because the nature, I mean, for some reason, they wanted to hide. I mean, eventually, if we look at the time of Tutmosis III, whom I think was the historical David, we find the story, another story in the Bible, saying that Abraham, the Hebrew, came from Canaan with his wife, Sarah. Uh, uh, I mean, because there was a, a kind of a famine in, in Canaan. And he came to Egypt. When they came to the borders uh, entering Egypt, he, uh, Abraham told, he was Abraham at the time. His name was Abraham and Sarai. I mean, this, this name changed later. He told his wife, don't say that you are my wife because they might like you and want to take you from me. They might kill me because of you to take you from me. Say you are my sister. So when eventually they came to the Egyptian city, the Pharaoh's people saw her beauty and they told the Pharaoh and he wanted to see her. So he invited Abraham and Sarah, his wife, to his palace, his royal palace. And he asked uh, Abraham if he can marry uh, uh, his sister, Sarah. And he married her, according to the Bible. I mean, she was married to Abraham. But, she, I mean, this story could not be a fiction because, I mean, it is not, morally speaking, it, it is not uh, uh, something good to talk about it. So the, the fact that it is found in the Bible that Abraham gave his wife to be married uh, to another man, to Pharaoh, uh, this uh, confirms that it is a real historical event. So Pharaoh married uh, Sarah, Abraham's wife, but eventually he must have found out uh, that she was married to Abraham. So he called Abraham and told him, why did you tell me she was your sister? I mean, uh, so I married her. Take her, take Sarah, and take all the things I gave you and leave Egypt, go back to Canaan, to your land. At the same time, he, he sent with Sarah uh, uh, another girl, lady called Hagar, whom Abraham married after that. So this marriage, I mean, the Bible doesn't name the, uh, the, the Pharaoh who married Sarah, but uh, the time uh, of, of Abraham, uh, uh, the, at the time of Abraham, it was Tutmosis III who was the Pharaoh of Egypt. So after this, when Sarah went back to Canaan, she gave birth to uh, Isaac. Now she was married to two men, and now Isaac, whose son was Isaac. I mean, if we look at the events that took place after his, the, the birth of Isaac, we find very strange things. First of all, Abraham wanted to slaughter the, the baby, uh, offering him uh, on, the, on the altar in Jerusalem. Why should he slaughter his son? Well, because, well, presumably because according to the, the Bible tells us that God was testing his, testing his, his faith. And he asked, uh, he asked Abraham to, to... I mean, I don't think, uh, because testing his faith, but it was the, the Lord. He told him, don't slaughter him, don't sacrifice him. And uh, not only that, before, uh, I mean, Isaac was born, when Sarah was pregnant, the Lord speak to uh, Abraham and gave him some instructions. You and all the people the men in your house should be circumcised. Now, at, up to that uh, time, only Egyptians uh, male were circumcised. So this was a, 
a kind of a covenant between the Lord and Abraham to become a, a kind of Egyptians, you see. Interesting. And then again, he told him that your descendants, I mean, uh, uh, will inherit the land between the river Euphrates and the borders of Egypt. And this was exactly uh, the, uh, the empire established by Pharaoh of the time. Tutmosis III. Overwhelmed by investing? If you're anything like us, the hardest part is getting started. That's why we created the Investing for Beginners podcast. Our goal is to help simplify money so it can work for you. We invite guests to demystify investing. At least try to be setting aside like the minimum 10% into the 401k. We'll teach you the basics of the market. Yeah, I think compound interest should be at the start of any discussion about investing. And We've had investment professionals who teach in a simple way. A valuation-driven bear market. You know, we, we haven't really seen yet, and I think everyone's thinking about it, but we haven't really seen yet. Our Q&A episodes feature questions from listeners just like you. So what do you think about the situation with ETBI, which is Activision? I'm Dave Ahern. And I'm Andrew Sather. And we hope you join us on the Investing for Beginners podcast. On the Investing for Beginners podcast. Grand Canyon University, an affordable private Christian university, is one of the largest and fastest growing universities in the country, offering more than 270 programs online. In addition to federal grants and aid, GCU's online students received nearly $130 million in institutional scholarships in 2022. Find your purpose at Grand Canyon University. Private, Christian, affordable. Visit gcu.edu slash myoffer to see the scholarships you may qualify for. So let me just, sorry, uh, because you're you're throwing a lot of amazing information here, Ahmed. I just want to recap and make sure I'm following along. So King David um, was actually Pharaoh Tuthmosis III, and King David actually lived um, about 500 years, sorry, 15 years before the biblical uh, time for David. 500 years. And so, because the chronology is all jumbled up, instead of King David actually being a descendant from the line of um, uh, the tribe of Judah, he is actually, he would actually then be the father of Isaac, and he would therefore be, he would be the father of the tribe of, uh, all of the tribes of Israel. Exactly. I mean, he is the father of Israel. I mean, Isaac is the father of Jacob, who became known as Israel. Yes. So in reality, Israel was was the son of of Egyptian Pharaoh. So so he was the father of Isaac, rather than being one of his descendants, you see, and the father of the Israelites. Right. And that's the whole thing that maybe later on, biblical narrators wanted to hide this fact that their great-grandfather was really an Egyptian pharaoh. So, right, that the, the and that the tribes of Israel actually have their roots in, in Egypt. The, their mother was uh, Sarah the Hebrew, and their father was... was and and they, I mean, again, you see, the, the promise of, of the empire, inheriting the empire, was not... Abraham had uh, uh, Ishmael from Hagar, right. the Egyptian, and had another six sons from a woman he married called Keturah from northern Hejaz, Hejaz in Arabia. You see, he had seven other sons that Isaac. Nevertheless, the promise of inheritance of the land between the Euphrates and Egypt is only for Isaac and his descendants, because he he was all, of course, the heir of the Pharaoh. This is the. I mean, there are many indications in the Bible. Even the Talmud have a story uh, to say that when Abraham was celebrating the birth of his son, the people of the town laughed and said, "He doesn't even look like him." They doubted that he was his son, you see. And uh, so I think the great 
grandfather of the Israelite, Israel is the son of Egypt. This is the whole thing of the Egyptian pharaoh. Another story in the Talmud says that when Sarah learned that Abraham took Isaac, her son, to be slaughtered, uh, I mean, uh, uh, in Jerusalem, she died. She, he, she, she died because of that when he heard this news. So all indications uh, is the fact that Isaac uh, was the son of Tutmosis III who established the empire between the river. And this is confirmed. I mean, only there we can find evidence of the empire uh, 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 that the Bible talks about. For David, between the Euphrates uh, and the borders of Egypt, right? Because and, be, and, and you mentioned the, the the river Euphrates as being the sort of the easternmost part of the empire, uh, and as further evidence of your theory, uh, the, nowhere in the Bible does it talk about King David's empire extending that far east. Correct? It, 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 it's extending from the Euphrates, northern Syria to the borders of Egypt. It doesn't go to Persia or, or, or Iraq or, or, no, it's only, uh, the exact, the exact uh, empire is established by Tutmosis III. Okay, but you it also, was, I believe, in your book, yes? The Egyptian Origins of King David and the Temple of Solomon, suggest that King David of the Old Testament is really a composite not only of uh, Tutmosis III, but one other individual. Not really. The thing is, uh, he, he was a young boy. He was, born, he was born to, his father was Tosmosis II. He was not the heir, the, the real heir. His, his stepmother was Hatshepsut, Queen Hatshepsut. And when his father, before his father died, he wanted to make sure that his son, uh, uh, Tosmosis III, who was not the son of, of Hatshepsut, the queen, was the son of an ordinary woman. He wanted to make sure that he will follow him on the throne. But in the Egyptian uh, uh, situation, uh, the throne is inherited through the female line, not the male line. So whoever marries the eldest daughter of Pharaoh will have the right to sit on the throne. But uh, Hatshepsut refused to let Tutmosis the third marry her daughter, so he had no right to follow the throne. So what uh, 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 his father did, Tutmosis uh, uh, II, he took him to the temple of, of Amun, and there the priest carried the, uh, uh, the image of Amun, the Lord Amun, and they turned around in the, in the temple, and they came to the boy, he was young at the time, about five years old, and they took him and put him on the throne. So he was, in a way, uh, adopted uh, by, by, because in, 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 in Egyptian tradition, uh, Amun, the god Amun, uh, in, uh, owns the land of, the two lands of Egypt. And nobody uh, could sit on the throne of Egypt unless he was the son of Amun, the son of God. And because Amenhotep III, his, his mother was not the heiress, so he, had, he was not the legitimate son of Amun. So in this case, he had to be adopted by Amun as to being his son. And we have a story uh, even written in the, uh, in, in, in the Karnak temple in the world that he was ushered to the heaven. He went to heaven, uh, uh, to the throne of, of Amun, who himself told him, you are my son, uh, uh, in adoption situation, and gave him th this uh, snake uh, on his head to be uh, to crown as a king. But because he was young, when his father died, Queen Hatshepsut, his stepmother, did not allow him any power at all. She put him aside, and only after her death, he started to uh, move to, uh, I mean, uh, Canaan first, then Syria, uh, and uh, to establish... Uh, because his grandfather, Tutmosis I, did establish a, a great empire uh, from the Euphrates to the Nile. However, he did not put garrisons in, in this different position. He did not confirm the, the rule all over the place. 
And when, uh, with time, the ruler, local rulers uh, kicked out the Egyptians, so he wanted to reestablish uh, his great father empire, and he this time, I mean, for the first I mean, war he he, he had is in Har Magedon, in a position in northern Israel now called Har Magedon, which is the the, the mount of, of of Magedon, you see. And in this war, he fought about three hundred kings of the whole uh, Syria and who gathered uh, to fight him uh, and thing. And he won. I mean, this is why this Magedon, Armageddon, is a, is a, is a promised the, uh, at the end of days when, when Jesus is supposed to come back. I mean, this is the final uh, position war that he has to fight against evil, you see. Right. Uh, so uh, he's the son of David, from the line of David, uh, Jesus. Uh, this is the whole thing, I mean, confirming, uh, I, mean, I mean, all modern uh, archaeologists, even the Israelites, the Israelis archaeologists, uh, because they didn't find any evidence at the time of the 10th century B.C., to confirm the story, biblical story about David, they said this is uh, fantasy. It's not true. They they completely dismissed it as as to be uh, a fiction, not a history. Right. But they just only, weren't looking. They weren't looking for King David in the right time or the right place. Hi, friends. If you're a fan of this podcast or my weekly radio program, The Conspiracy Show, or my YouTube channel, Strange Planet, I hope you'll consider becoming an official donor. A donation of $50 a month places you in the Star Chamber. $20 a month is the whistleblower tier, and a donation of just $10 per month makes you a truth seeker. Star Chamber and Whistleblower members can participate in an exclusive monthly online chat or video conference with me. And all donors are entered into a monthly draw for Strange Planet merchandise. Any monthly amount is welcome and greatly appreciated. Since YouTube demonetized my channel, I need your support more than ever. To become an official donor, go to patreon.com forward slash strange planet. Patreon.com forward slash strange planet in another reality richard is a very strong and handsome man just not in our reality although i heard somebody passing him in the hall the other day and it was good good a handsome man richard is i made that up conspiracy unlimited with richard serrett Ahmed Osman, the author of The Egyptian Origins of King David and the Temple of Solomon, is here. Let me see if there's some other parallels that sort of confirm the theory. Uh, so, for example, King David was said to have ruled uh, Judea, uh, Judah and Israel, Judea rather, and Israel um, for about 40 years. So, and he died on the throne when he was 70. Does this parallel Tuthmosis III's reign of the empire? Yeah, Tutmosis' uh, reign was it was about fifty years, really. He reigned for fifty years, not for forty years. Yeah, I mean, uh, but uh, even the story of of, uh, of, of uh, Pharaoh and uh, the the Sarah, the I mean, we have uh, another in the story of a biblical story. We have a similar story. That David went to Jerusalem when when his army was, I mean, uh, waiting uh, surrounding a city, and he went on top of his house and looked over and he saw a, a woman, bathing woman next to him, and he liked her and he invited her, and he made love to her. Bathsheba. Yes, yeah, uh, and he married her and he wanted her. And he called her, uh, uh, I mean, her um, uh, um, I mean, uh, husband from the border, from the battle, 
and uh, and eventually he sent him to be killed. Right. His, I mean, Bathsheba was married, and her husband and, and, was her husband was a Hittite, Uriah. Uriah and Uriah. If you look at Uriah, Uriah means the the man of Ur, and the man of Ur is Abraham. Abraham came from Ur. Even the name of her husband is uh, represents Abraham. Uriah. Ur is the city. Uriah, the man from Ur. You see. Ah. So the, this uh, he 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 married a woman. I mean, he was already married to another man. This is the same situation. According to the Bible, that uh, I mean, David uh, had the same, very same situation. So you're saying Bathsheba then, was Sarah. Bathsheba was was Sarah. Was in fact, in, in historical terms, Sheba was was Sarah. Yes, she's a married woman who married. I mean, she married Ab- uh, Uriah and uh, and David at the same time. And Uriah was. I mean, and Uriah was was Abraham, the man from Ur. Ur. The Bible says that Abraham came from Ur, was right. born in Ur. Right. Uriah is a man of Ur. Okay. Of Ur. Yeah, I mean, Uriah. What about the parallels yeah. with, with um, of course, David battled the Philistines and recaptured the Ark of the Covenant, which had been taken uh, from the Israelites during a battle when King Saul was still the king of, of Israel. Uh, and, of course, King David supposedly recaptured the Ark of the Covenant. Is there anything in Pharaoh Tutmosis the third story that parallels that story. Yeah, if you go back to the Bible and read the story that uh, David took the, the the ark to Jerusalem, it is, does not say that this was the ark of the covenant. Ark of the covenant is the ark uh, of Moses. They say the ark of the Lord, the ark of the Lord. And here we find, yes, we find the similar situation. When when uh, Moses the third went to battle in the in, in Canaan, he took with him the ark of the god of his god Ammon, you see. And when the he surrounded the city uh, 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 of, uh, uh, I mean, uh, his his army was around the city. Uh, he he went uh, with his own men only his to Jerusalem. Jerusalem is the only uh, city, it was not called Jerusalem at the time, it's called called Kaddish, Kaddish. He went there and because of the high land and the rock over there was a holy rock for the local people, he put the ark of uh, of his uh, lord, of his god Ammon, on the very same place because uh, this was the holy place in 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 this Kaddish, which became known as Orashalaim uh, uh, after that, or, or Jerusalem, and because the king has to uh, duty every morning that he can, I mean, perform uh, rituals uh, uh, in front of, of the of the god. You see, he took he took. Uh, uh, the, uh, some of his uh, guards, and he went to Jerusalem for six months. He stayed there until the city uh, was uh, about to fall, and they, he went. So he took the ark of the Lord of the God. I mean, in the Bible, okay, they talk about the ark. It is assumed that he was talking about the same uh, ark, but it, it says the ark of, of the Lord. The Ark of God, not the Ark of the Covenant. The Ark of Covenant is a different thing altogether. Aha. Yeah, yes. Tutmosis the third went to Jerusalem and took the Ark of Ammon, and he was the first thing one to put his Ark on the top of, of the rock, the holy rock of Jerusalem. We haven't touched on King David's son, King Solomon. So... King Solomon, then, if it following your theory, would have been one of the sons of Pharaoh uh, Tutmosis the Third, correct? Yeah, he, he was not his son; he was his great uh, uh, grandson. And uh, I mean, Hotti the Third. We have I mean, Hotti the Third, who inherited this great empire. His time was the time of peace. If you look at the original name of Solomon, it is not, his name was not Solomon, it was Judaida. 
he became known as Suleiman because he was the king of peace. I mean, Hotep III was also the king of peace. That's why during his time, Jerusalem was, came to be, I mean, it was called Kaddish, and during the time from the Amarna tablets, from we have a historical text writing, the city of, of uh, Kharish became known as Jerusalem at the time of Menhotep III. This king exactly, all what is written about uh, uh, Solomon in, in the Bible, we find in the, uh, in the time of Amenhotep III. He ruled the whole empire, the empire established by David. He, was a, uh, he, he had a lot of harem, many foreign princes. He married many foreign princesses, including the daughter of Pharaoh. And he, he uh, worshipped... Yeah, you have something very strange in the Bible about, about uh, Solomon, because although he built the, the temple of, of God, you see, they say that because of his foreign wives, he also worshipped other gods. How can the, the, the king who established the, temp, the temple of God worship other gods? Here we find Amenhotep III, who worshipped the gods of Egypt. His son, Akhenaten, introduces a monotheistic, the monotheistic uh, religion of the one god, Aten. And we find Amenhotep III, although worshipping the Egyptian gods, also worshipping the one god, Aten. Yeah, I mean, exactly the same as in the case of Solomon. He had many, lot of gold, and he built many temples. He, he established, I mean, Hotel III was the first one, really, to build a small temple in Jerusalem on the rock because he had a, a military garrison in Jerusalem. And for this military, Egyptian military garrison, he built a small temple on, uh, around the rock. The rock became the Holy of Holies of the first temple. And, but he, his main temple that is mentioned in the Bible, this was described in the Bible with the, uh, with the two pillars, is really uh, not in Jerusalem. It's, it's found in Egypt. Ah, now I've, I neglected to ask you one more thing about King David. And that is, yeah. was uh, Pharaoh Tuthmosis III a musician? Was he a, was he a poet? Did he write the Psalms? No, we don't know anything about that of him. But there is another point I have to tell you about it. I mean, uh, he, uh, King David in the Bible is the only king who is said to be uh, 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 the son of God. Hmm. He, I mean, the, the son of God is nothing to do with the Old Testament. They don't know anything about the son of God. God has no son. But King David is described as being... God tells him, you are my son, exactly as the Egyptian pharaoh. King David was the son of God. Fascinating. I mean, it's the Bible, which is very strange because the Bible, the Hebrew Bible does not regard that God has a son. Right, right. Although Christians believe that the New Testament is concealed in the Old Testament. Yes, one of the... So I believe that all the... the, the what is... What the Bible stories, all the biblical stories, uh, have the original historical uh, origin. Uh, the only thing, the, the, the Bible confuses the chronology of the events. And the whole story, the whole story, uh, is found uh, during the time of the 18th century, uh, the 18th dynasty of Egyptian rule, from the 15th century BC to the end of the 14th century BC. Right. We right. have the whole account uh, of the Bible confirmed by history. It was history, only the chronology was confused. So when the, when the archaeologists looked at the different, at a different time, at the different location, they found nothing. But when they looked at the same time, you find everything written in the Bible, you find it in archaeology during the time of our most of the threat. So aside from reordering the chronology and um, the ancestors 
now become Egyptian. The, the forefathers of the, the tribes of Israel are Egyptian. Does, it, does this do anything to challenge the divinity of Jesus? Does it do anything to challenge the establishment of Israel in your mind? On the contrary, it does, it confirms, <laughs> it does not challenge it, it confirms the divinity, uh, the origin of Israel, and uh, the, the, the confirms the divinity of Jesus. I mean, uh, I mean, divinity is a, is, a, is a kind of a spiritual kind of thing. It's a relation between man and God. And it was in Egypt, really. Uh, we, we, if you want to look at the divinity, we have to go to Egypt. Uh, not to uh, Palestine, because you see, it, it was in Egypt that uh, during the time of the build, uh, pyramid builders that Egyptians realized, recognized that humans have two dimensions: one spiritual, the Ka and Ba, and one physical. And the physical one can disappear, but if they keep it by uh, through mummification and burial with the, uh, I mean, Book of the Dead spells. It, it, the, the spirit they believed can come back uh, and uh, resurrection takes place. This is the first, I didn't see, no other nation, in, even the uh, Israelites, even Moses himself never spoke about, about the spirit. Uh, uh, later on, I mean, uh, when Mo, at the time of Moses, Akhenaten in my view, I mean, uh, he was able to recognize that not only humans have two dimensions, one is spiritual uh, and, and one physical, but the, the universe, the cosmos itself, uh, the physical cosmos has a spiritual dimension. He called Aten. Aten, it, it means uh, uh, the, the light, the beams of light. He recognized uh, 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 the divinity uh, that Aten uh, in light, uh, energy, is energy. Even nowadays, they identify the power as energy, you see. Later on, during the first part of the Christian era, we have the third and final uh, movement that, you see, because when the Romans closed all the temples of Egypt, uh, except the Alexandrian temple, the Egyptians went uh, in the street looking for salvation. And then to find uh, salvation, they did not find it. They, called, they were called the Gnostics, you see. The, the people who looked for knowledge, but not physical, uh, I mean, knowledge, not scientific knowledge, but spiritual knowledge. So uh, they eventually realized that you don't really have to be mummified uh, to be able to live the second life. I mean, they realized that within you, within human being, uh, there is a, 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 the spirit, and the spirit of man is in fact part of the universal spirit. So, I mean, Jesus say, believe in me and you will never die. Because when, if you believe that Jesus, this is not historical. Nobody saw Jesus resurrected except of Mary Magdalene uh, when she said that. But you see, if you can believe, if you can, anybody can, it's a belief, it's not science, it's not... Uh, knowledge uh, 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 through physical, uh, I mean, uh, senses. But if you were to believe, then there and then, if you believe that, G that the dead person has risen, you have, the, your third eye has opened, and you can see that you, you can see your, your, your the, the spirit within you, and that this spirit is part of the universal power, universal light. So there is no death. Death is, is the physical body dies, but uh, the spirit, the light goes back to the universal God. I mean, is, uh, is salvation, uh, Christian salvation, is so much confirmed, not uh, denied by this. Uh, and uh, again, the Israelite, I mean, the Israelis and Israelite uh, history, they become, I mean, uh, uh, if you look at the history of the modern Israel, for instance, you find a kind of love-hate relationship with Egypt. It is because, as I said in my beginning of my book, is that Israel is the son of Egypt, the illegitimate son of Egypt, who challenged his father to accept him. Ah, interesting, yeah. interesting. You know, what stands out to me is, I mean, if this is true, uh, it, to me, you know, if Egypt 
um, sort of is the, the birthplace then of, of Christianity and the tribes of Israel. It really ought to, to, to pull, pull Israel, uh, Christians, and Egypt closer together. The whole thing together. We have to destroy the barriers. These barriers are not natural. I mean, when we go to our roots, we find the whole thing clear. We find that we are all brothers. We are all together. We have the same family. We are the same people. I mean, yes, as you say. Fascinating. Well, Ahmed Osman, thank you so much. And um, how can people get a hold of this book, The Egyptian Origins of King David and the Temple of Solomon? It is in Amazon and uh, in uh, all the major bookshops in America. And obviously it's published by Inner Traditions, Inner Traditions in America. Yes. Thank you so much, Ahmed. Great to meet you. Thank you. All right. Before I dim the lights in my little studio beneath the stairs, I'll be back with a few words about the next episode of Conspiracy Unlimited. Hey, this is Tony Merkel, host of The Confessionals, a blog talk radio podcast that brings you weekly interviews with eyewitness accounts of strange and unexplained events. From paranormal activity to UFO encounters to Bigfoot sightings, step into The Confessionals as we explore mysterious real-life stories. Check us out on your favorite podcast app or theconfessionalspodcast.com. And many thanks to Conspiracy Unlimited for having me on the air. I'll see you all on The Confessionals. Next time, a former Playboy model returns to the Playboy Mansion to investigate a possible haunting. He was telling me about spots that I did not know about that they specifically blocked off in the basement and said that, oh, that doesn't go anywhere when they actually did. A lot of people have a lot of stories, and especially the staff. I guess some of the staff were just too afraid to even go into certain rooms alone. Until then, I'm Richard Serrett. So long for now. A new Conspiracy Unlimited with Richard Serrett drops every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at ConspiracyUnlimitedPodcast.com. Blow your mind. That is all for now. Oh, and remember to share and give a five-star review because we have huge egos and need love. We're like cats. We need... We need constant petting. 